I was having my friend cut my hair and I felt like I was going to faint. I felt actually like I had to go to the bathroom. Then I stood up and I fainted and he grabbed me so I didn't hit his countertops. And instead the side of my face hit his dishwasher, which caused my septum to deviate. This is Before and After Stories. I'm Eva Shea, and on this podcast, we talk to people just like you and me to find the real beauty of plastic surgery and elective treatments. You're having a septoplasty this Wednesday, right? Yes. What was it originally that caused you to need this surgery in the first place? What happened? So there's two things that happened. One, I found out recently it's genetic. Both my dad and my aunt have had a procedure like this done before, especially the part where they're putting in nasal bridges and then a little fix to the septum as well. But I, I think a big portion of it, of course, for the the septum portion for me and why it deviated is I was having my friend cut my hair and I felt like I was going to faint. I felt actually like I had to go to the bathroom. Then I stood up and I fainted and he grabbed me so I didn't hit his countertops. And instead, the side of my face hit his dishwasher, which caused my septum to deviate. I wonder why you needed to faint during the haircut anyway. Was he doing a bad job? Oh, no, not at all. Not oh, at all. okay, good. I even went to the doctor. It just sometimes can happen. Like there's a nerve that goes, exits close to your tailbone that goes all the way down to your leg and it goes through some muscles. And if those muscles get stimulated, that nerve can get active, which causes people to faint. Oh, this is why people faint in choir, right? Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> they're singing those high notes. They're hitting the notes for Jesus. That's why they faint. Knees are locked. And yeah, exactly. High notes for Jesus. The high notes for Jesus. So, okay, when did this happen? This was several years ago, right? Um, this was back in 2016, August. Yeah. So you've been living with this for almost five years. Yes. That's a long time. What does it feel like? I mean, really, the only thing that I noticed is it's more along the lines when I'm sleeping. Certain positions that I'll try to lay in, I can't. I don't feel like I'm getting enough air through my nose. And we all would prefer to breathe through our nose when we sleep anyway, because then you know nobody wants the dry mouth in the morning or to feel like all mucusy and all that. So I really started noticing it around, not shortly after, I would say, that time frame where I haven't been able to breathe through my nose as I sleep. And is that the only time or is there other? I would say probably other as well. Maybe some exercise. I do run a lot. I think part of it is, is that you don't know what you don't know. And all I know is when I saw Dr. Brawny and we were doing our consult and he used an instrument to also move some of the turbinates and then also to keep my nasal passageway open as I take a deep inhale through my nose, I realized how much air I wasn't getting when I met with him. So I'm looking forward to more of having that feeling all the time that I breathe through my nose. Does that feel like a COVID test when they do that, when they put that thing <laughs> no, in no, your nose? No, it doesn't feel like that. No, it don't, <laughs> oh, okay. doesn't go up that far. Okay. <laughs> Good. Okay. So 
When you fell, did it change the way your nose looked on the outside or was this just something that happened on the inside? I thought I may have noticed a little bit from the outside, but you know, I think it's one of those things where it's kind of like, oh, we just think that it's there, but I don't know. Not really. I don't know if it was really, I haven't noticed that measurable difference between my nose. A lot of people have rhinoplasty and septoplasty at the same time. And I think they can do both at the same time, but you're just having a septoplasty, right? Correct. Okay. This is usually covered by insurance. Is your insurance covering this? Yep. Covering it all. How much is it costing you out of your pocket? I think around two grand. Oh, well, it's like less than having a child. Fun. It goes to my deductible too. So I've been trying to get everything done this year. Was it a lot of work to get insurance to approve it or did the doctor's office? I didn't even need prior approval. They ran my insurance and then I was approved. Oh, easy. Yeah. Did you think about having a rhinoplasty at the same time? He asked me if there was anything cosmetic I would like done. And I said, I'm good. I mean, I've thought about it before, but I have a signature nose. So I think when I was younger, I was more conscious about my nose. I mean, people, kids called me toucan because my nose was big. And maybe I've just grown up and my face has grown into my nose or whatever. Or maybe I just don't care, which is probably the truth too. But yeah, I, I don't have any qualms with my nose. Which is interesting because, you know, I think if you asked me back in high school, I probably would have had a rhinoplasty or wanted to get one. Yeah. I had a boyfriend once who said that I had a big nose. And it was the only time in my whole life that anyone ever said that for any reason. And I don't even know why he said it because it's not true, but I never forgot it. So your surgery is on Wednesday. Yes. One of the biggest reasons people are unhappy after surgery is that they weren't prepared for recovery. So you reading this right now is going to help you. I'm sure of it. Well, I've also had a nephrectomy as a kidney donor and my brother. And this is a walk in the park compared to that. So I'm not worried. It's all relative. It's all relative. So first things, of course, I had to get my medicines beforehand. So I got anti-nausea medicine for after the anesthesia. I've got painkillers, and then also a antibiotic to take just to make sure I don't develop any infections. So nothing to eat or drink after midnight. Any pills you're instructed to take the morning of surgery should be taken only with a sip of water. Avoid alcoholic beverages for 24 hours prior to surgery. Make sure, of course, I've got a ride to pick me up. Making sure I wear loose, comfortable clothing and shower the day of which I always think it's interesting that they tell you to do that. Making sure that I have a button or a zip-up shirt is so that way I don't have to bring a t-shirt over my nose right after surgery. Making sure, of course, I'm not wearing any jewelry. Bring all of my medications with me the day to surgery. And I can brush my teeth the day of surgery without swallowing any water. So that's pretty much everything that's before. And you have to be there really early. Actually, my procedure time is at noon and my check-in time is at 10.30, but they told me that I could be moved up an hour. So your surgery can be at 11, not 12? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Who's taking you? Actually, my upstairs neighbor's taking me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And you get to go right home as soon as you're done? Yeah. We're going to pick up some food since I won't be able to eat all morning. So after surgery, I will take or hopefully get a slice of Hot Mama's pizza. (laughs) I feel like eating. You might not feel like eating. I mean, 
I've had my wisdom teeth taken out. I've gotten under general anesthesia a few times. And, you know, like you said, everything's frame of reference. And after an invasive procedure where they removed an internal organ, I'm not expecting this to be that difficult. Yeah. Well, I thought I was Courtney Love after I had my wisdom teeth out. So (laughs) I did tell the nurse that I think she should come and hang out with me or she might assist because I told her that I'm really fun coming out of general anesthesia. She probably says that to all the boys. What? (laughs) What are you most concerned about going into this? Is there anything on your mind? I mean, I guess a little bit. I'm a very active person, so I don't like being laid up for a long time. And that's the only thing I'm concerned about is like, I'm going to be able to start walking as fast as possible. Like they told me that I can't do anything active for one and a half to two weeks following surgery. So avoid bending over and lifting heavy objects. So for that long, I mean, that kind of bothers me. That's the only thing I'm concerned about. It's like, when can I get active again? Because I truly feel if I'm not active, I don't feel good about myself. I feel lethargic. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Is your neighbor going to stay with you afterward too? Yeah. Yeah. He's not working right now. So I'll stay with him either at his place or he'll come down here. They've got one of those recliners. So for recliners. So I'll probably just hang out there because I have to nice. be supervised for 24 hours. Oh, there you go. You'll just be right above your own apartment. So if you need anything, just go downstairs. Exactly. Exactly. That's convenient. And then are you just going to go right back to work? How many days off are you taking? I'm taking the rest of the week off. So I'll be off Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And maybe Monday. That doesn't sound too bad. I've got vacation days that I have to use by the end of the month. Yeah, use them up. I know I've got two of them to use. I might as well. So did they tell you anything about your post-op care, what's going to happen afterward that you need to be ready for? Yes. So first I'll need to monitor how much I'm bleeding. They say it's normal to have to change the gauze that's going to be in there maybe once or twice. But if I have to change it more than 15 minutes to let them know, because it's excessive bleeding and I need to be seen right away. And then Pretty much all they want me to do is just come home and rest right after that. The next day, they want me to start to clean the incision. So around the sutures with saline and Q-tips four times a day. Where's the incision going to be? Right at the base of my nose. I mean, right where the septum at the end of your nostrils. That's where the incisions are going to be. Got it. And then so using like Neosporin and stuff just to make sure I keep that clean and, and moist just so it helps prevent scabs from forming. And then, of course, like I said, do not shower until the next day. But then they also want me to use two to three times a day for eight weeks, the sinus rinse. It's like Neomed sinus rinse stuff, just to make sure that it doesn't dry out or help rinse any clots that could have formed. You can get a gigantic pack of those at Costco. Oh, I didn't know that. I got one. It's got like a thousand packets in it. It was way too many. Sometimes I think at Costco, like you can get too much stuff. And I need to pick up isotonic pH balance. Water. Yeah, distilled water. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll have internal nasal splints put in since they won't be opening up my nose at all. So those will be sutured in. And then the following week, I'll get those removed. 
Oh, so he has to take them out. Yes. And then he thinks that I have enough cartilage in my septum. So that way they can just install nasal bridges from that way. But if they don't, they'll have to take cartilage from my left ear. Yikes. And then the next thing is it's more about keeping my head elevated, of course, when resting or sleeping. So thankfully I have a lot of pillows. Can use, of course, cold, wet compresses there. And then they want me to use Afrin a lot as well. I need to use it in pre-op, which should go pick up, to reduce bleeding during surgery. And then avoid contact sports. I can't wear my glasses for four to six weeks. I have to tape them. They just don't want anything resting on the bridge of my nose. Oh, wow. And then I can't blow my nose for two weeks. And then I have to remember to sneeze with my mouth open. Okay. Let me know how that goes. And then also the only other thing is like I have to get a COVID test done today. Okay. So that way I can get in there and get it done. And then, yeah, they just told, try to be comfortable. And like Dr. Brani says, you'll be up back on your feet within a week, at least, if not before. Did he say how long the surgery takes? How long are you going to be under? That I don't remember. I don't think it's that long. I think maybe an hour or so. Mm -hmm. To me, it didn't sound that complicated a procedure because he's just going to make some incisions and fix and then graft some cartilage up there up in my nostrils, close to the bridge of my nose, and then just reduce some of the tissue in there. He's like, you know, I don't want to reduce a lot of it because you need it to catch bacteria. That's why it's there. So he's like, but we can, you know, reduce a little bit of to help breathing. And then the only other thing he said was making sure that I take acetaminophen and pain pills and just alternate. Yeah. Set your timers to go off so you don't forget because you definitely want to stay in front of the pain. Yes, I've learned that from when I had surgery on my thumb. Didn't get ahead of it. And I was like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. How did you find this doctor? So I started going to him for injections of Botox and filler. And he's a facial plastic. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to him about it. And then he's like, well, let's take a look at it. And then that's what led into the consult for the septoplasty. You've been seeing him for a long time, I think. I've been seeing him for three years. Yeah. Yeah. He's almost a friend. Pretty much. I've referred about seven other patients to him. Well, that speaks volumes that you're doing that. I told him that I should get a punch card. And when I refer my 10th one, I get a free treatment. I think you should have gotten a free treatment by now. I know, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's how I found him. And he's a good... I mean, I really enjoy working with him. I wish I knew him. He sounds lovely. He is good. I'm looking forward to hearing how it goes. You know, I think there's going to be... Some surprises, probably. We'll see what happens, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to be happy that you did it. Me too. I'm looking forward to breathing a little bit better. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. If you'd like to tell your story on this show, or if you're a medical professional who would like to submit someone else's story for consideration, send us a message at beforeandafterstories.com or follow and message us on Instagram at beforeandafterstoriespodcast. I'm Eva Shea, the host and producer of Before and After Stories, and my co-host is Queenie Dolan. Our engineer is Daniel Cruiser. Before and After Stories is a production of The Axis, T-H-E-A-X-I-S dot I-O. That's Axis like Axis of Eva.